Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. La, 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 la. Inner Wealth Podcast. La, 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 la. Inner Wealth Podcast. La, 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 la. Inner Wealth Podcast. You know what day it is. Inner Wealth Podcast. Meditate and give. So manifest the greater this. And things all good, because I say it is. Investing in the wealth, real generational wealth is mental health. It's an inside game, no toxicity. Let's talk and more listening. Ladies and gentlemen, and now introducing David McCullough, founder of Inception, the first mental health gym. Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Inner Wealth Podcast. Got a very special guest today, my homie John Morgan. What's What up, though? How you feeling, man? Doing great, man. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate this. Thank you. For sure. Uh, Live Your Purpose Podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, Live Your Purpose Podcast, how how did you come up with that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because... Um, I've been getting that question a lot lately, mm-hmm. and I tell people all the time, man, it's been it's it's been a life journey getting to this point of like being intentional of um, doing my own work mm-hmm. and my own healing, and that's what led me to the brand to live your purpose and you know doing the work with the podcast. All of this started from mm-hmm. going within first, you know when living my own true self, you know, right. and and being intentional about wanting to look at my own life, you know, my own family, my own dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um so it started there. You know, that's the that is the origin. The origin is I was I wanted to be intentional about doing my own work. We started with going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um and I've been going to therapy now for 3 4 years now and from okay. there and just awakening myself, you know, my consciousness uh rising Mm -hmm. and you know going through my healing process it led me to really want to continue to invest in myself in every aspect you Mm -hmm. know which meant um really betting on myself as an entrepreneur and that's how the podcast formulation kind of you know begun is Mm -hmm. it really started with my own healing process that's typically how it starts in terms of uh getting into the field because you're a social worker Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so how long have you been a social worker? So I was a social worker, man, for seven seven years. Seven? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. What, what, what type of work, social work? So I predominantly work within school-based services. Um, I worked in elementary schools, junior high schools, high schools. Um, mm-hmm. I did case management in, in uh, community mental health organizations. I worked at the Boys and Girls Club for a small stint at a teen club um, mm-hmm. doing um, some, some managing stuff there. So I've been in the field. For seven, eight years, totally. Yeah, my mom was, you know, she's a social worker. Blessings to her. Been in the field for, <laughs> she was in the field for 20 years. Mm. Last mm. episode we just did, we talked about a lot of the, yeah. you know, things that she uh, she saw in schools. And so what are some of the things you saw and, and how did you help out with that? So when I initially started, um, when I initially started doing case management in, in the high school settings, it I was I was working collectively with with therapists, um, and what we would do is we would help once the once the the, uh, the kids or the families were uh, created a diagnosis, we would help them come up with like different goals and objectives to help them um, to manage their diagnosis, to manage their symptoms and things like that. Ultimately, and, and also help give services to like families as well, their mm-hmm. their families. So if they needed if they needed connection to um, if they need a connection to like different different things within the community, whether that was uh, work, whether that was food, whether that was shelter, whether that was anything, any type of needs that they needed, mm-hmm. we would be the bridge to kind of connect not only our clients but their families to them as well to try to really um, 
decrease the symptoms in in home as as a whole, right? Right, right. Um, but one thing that I learned quickly from working within the school system is that the 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 behaviors that we would see within the school system and that we would see in a day to day at the school was a symptom of the things that we were seeing at home. So we would see kids have problems with whether it was academics, whether it was fighting, whether if it was just like relationships with the teachers, with their peers, you would see them get in trouble for that in, in the building. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I would come in at is would talk with the teachers and the administrators and people of the school system. I would let them know, like, listen, you know, this individual is is struggling. You know, they have some 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 concerns. You know, they have some mental health concerns that we're that we're working on. The school system is completely set up to disregard any of that. Um, but you're there as a social worker. Correct. <laughs> so correct. Isn't that kind of correct? Kind of productive. Correct. But again, I want to emphasize the school system. The you know, system. Right. That isn't. I'm not talking about necessarily the individuals. You have individuals who are in the building who are there to try to, you know, mm -hmm. you know, work with you and work with the students. But the system is not set up for that. The system is set up for you to be programmed, for you to come in, you take in the information they they get, you go off into the world, you be an employee the way they want you to be, and that's it. And shut up and keep it moving. Mm. And when you do anything to disrupt that, you got you got to go. Mm. That's so. How how did that affect you in terms of um, moral injury and knowing that? <laughs> so it's it's crazy, man. Because I've always been a pretty, I've always been a somewhat of a self-aware person, which I think has allowed me to be pretty empathetic. You know, my mother was very, my my mother and my family dynamics, They my people were always pretty kind, you know what I'm saying, for the mm -hmm. most part, even though I seen, I was exposed to people, you know, dealing with their own stuff and their own trauma. I always understood that my family and my people were very kind people. Mm -hmm. So I think because of that, naturally, it made me a naturally empathetic person. Mm -hmm. So when it came to like work and it came to, you know, working with kids specifically, I always empathize, you know, with, with the children and I always empathize with their family. But when you are, when you are working in a system that is, again, working that's counterproductive to the work that you're trying to do, but although they're telling you that they want you to do it, but the system is not right. It's not set up for that. It is a very, very tough place to be. So for me, it would make me feel like, all right, am I really, tr am I really helping? You know, am I really making an impact here or am I spinning my wheels? Am I caught up in the matrix? Am I not really seeing the, you know, the big picture here? Am I just a figurehead for what they want, want it to be? Am I really making an impact? And, you know, again, through going through my own healing process, what I had to learn was, number one, is that I really don't have as much control over the situation as I thought. Right. <laughs> no, number one. So which meant that I had to accept, you know, people's um, lives and lifestyles and just, you know, the things that they were dealing with. A lot of that was out of my hands. And mm -hmm. as long as I did my part from a genuine standpoint, I walk with integrity. I did my best then I would have to live with the results. But mm -hmm. that is a hard place to come through when you are seeing constant trauma, 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 trauma all day, every day. And the one thing, and my wife told me this too, um, the one thing that I learned from being in the school system is we, we always hear people talk about their traumatic situation that happened to them in childhood, right? Mm -hmm. The one thing that I never forgot when I worked in the schools with, with children is I'm seeing their childhood traumatic experience happen in lifetime. <laughs> right. So so I'm seeing stuff that's going to impact them 10, 15, 20, maybe 30 years down the line. I'm seeing it in real time every day. You're, you're witnessing them half traumas? Is yep, what you're I'm witnessing them half traumatic experiences, whether that's, you know, being severely mistreated by the teachers right if that's you know being you know dealing with traumatic experiences at home if that's right. dealing with traumatic experiences with with their peers i'm seeing it every day and that is a that's a tough thing to take in for anybody i don't care what type of you know mm -hmm. you know what type of work you're doing yourself you seeing that every day that's going to have an impact on you and i was seeing it affect my moods you know it, it was affecting how i was 
going into my day. And I'm a person who tries to pride myself on like taking care of myself the best way I can. But when you're taking in that type of energy every day, it, it can get you, man. Yeah, I'm, my mother, you know, I, one time she came home from school and she was throwing up, you know, like because you, 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 like you said, that energy. Mm-hmm. And, and her system, her school system, it was a charter school, so they have more ability to do yeah. outside of the system because it's own kind of its own little system. Yeah. But you still have these elements mm-hmm. that are there. Mm-hmm. And you have an element where you're the only one with the common sense. Mm. Not the teachers. Well, why is he acting out? Why is that kid acting out? Well, he just saw his uncle hung himself. Bingo. But, but no, he's like, but you're the only one with the common sense. I mean, this kid ain't even had dinner last night. This kid ate hot Cheetos for dinner last night. Right. <laughs> and you talking about this kid not paying attention in class? Or, you know, this kid have a, what you consider to be an attitude? Right. You, you've heard of uh, ACEs. Adverse childhood experience. Yes, yes. So, and that was mainly, I think they took a number of like 17,000 people Mm -hmm. in San Diego, Mm -hmm. and it was predominantly um, middle class Mm -hmm. white people. Right, right. And they were talking about the traumas they experienced. And me and my mom went over this in the last episode. And then she was naming the questions because it's 10 questions that that determine whether you has suffered um, an adverse childhood experience. Mm, mm -hmm. And if you have anything over the number two or three, you're more susceptible to have all these type of chronic illnesses. And she named one, which is like, has your parent like thrown something at you or smacked you or something? And I'm just like, damn, man, that's all of black (laughs) people. Right, right. Facts. That's (laughs) a a fact. (laughs) And it's like, so when 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 you look at, that scenario or these scenarios and you look at our culture black culture bro we we're not well right that's it that's it you just said you see from the trauma and you see how that pattern is going to divert them into very specific things yep in their lives and that's that's can i curse on here yeah and that's fucked up that is (laughs) fucked up when you (laughs) see a a nine-year-old, mm. and you can see, man, they're not going to have a chance. Or they're going to have a harder chance. Right, right. You know, the thing is, see, trauma, we can't we can't stop trauma. Mm-hmm. Correct. But we can regulate it from it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like for what I do, I'm trying to help people to regulate. Correct. And a lot of people regulating it for the first time since the trauma they experienced. Yes. Right? And... You know, and that's a big deal for us. Um, but, yeah, that's that's for you to take that in, to see that. And so we talked about the professionals. First, First, let's talk about you being a social worker. Because mm-hmm. I don't know many men social work. Yeah. And part of that probably comes from the empathetic upbringing, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and, it's so, and it's so wild, you know, how much my life is kind of just unfolding and just kind of taking a step back and just seeing how it's, you know, played a part. Um, because, listen, man, the majority of my life coming up, it was just sports. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That was my way. That was my understanding and my way of knowing, knowing how to, quote, unquote, get out or to make it. Right. You know, so coming up, it was it was sports. It was playing basketball. It was playing football. Um, but I quickly learned as a high school student it's a super small percentage of people who make it big time D1, let alone to the NBA, you know, let alone to the NFL and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I actually, you know, um, when I graduated high school and going to college, um, an ex-girlfriend, her mother actually was just like, John, I know you, you you don't necessarily know what you're trying to do with your life. You know what I'm saying? But you should really consider going into the field of social work. There's a, there's a super big need for for men in this field, especially black men in this field. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make a decent amount of living, and you enjoy, you know, helping people. You are empathetic with people. You love people. You know, check it out. And I trusted her, you know, so mm-hmm. I was like, all right, let me go ahead and do it. And I connected with people in my walk and in my journey um, of going to school who really poured into me and, you know, let me understand the, the power that could be with, within the field. Um, but I quickly learned that being a social worker, it don't have shit to do with the stuff that I learned in school, man. I was in classes. Mm. I'm talking about big-time college courses, listening to people. And I could tell 
you don't give a damn about people. I would hear them talk. You know, mm-hmm. you could you could feel those type of things in, in, in the class. I would be listening to my college professors. I'm like, you've never had a conversation with no little dude from the hood. His his right. his dad is, is in jail. You know, his mom may be struggling, you know what I'm saying, with substance or whatnot. You have no idea what that's about. You have no you have no reference point of what it's really like to deal with, you know, in the environments that we're coming from. So from that I knew that my experiences were is what would help me connect with people who I was working with because that's what that's what social worker any type of service work is really about mm-hmm. it's really seeing you in them right. <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's it's really being able to understand or you know this country was built on a distinctly american work ethic but today work is in trouble we've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Put yourselves in their, their shoes, so to speak, or just to be able to really empathize. And that's what I think helped me, you know, in the field. But it also helped me understand that Listen, if I really want to make a, a larger impact, if I really want to, you know, continue to live my true self, I have to think outside of this traditional system of, you know, what is a traditional nine to five or this traditional, you know, mm-hmm. this traditional workforce. And I, I, I think about it from when we talk about systems that are created, like, for, for instance, what you're talking about is um, um, the school system. Yep. Then you talk about the system of the school system on both ends, mm-hmm. being educated about how to deal with issues, right? And then you go into a workforce and you're being indoctrinated on what you really can do and can't do, which is almost nothing. Man, here's here's the thing about that. As social workers, right, you know, we're operating off of, um, when you become a licensed social worker, you operate what is called a code of ethics, right? Mm. And, it's just a bunch of listing rules of values and principles and things that you're supposed to abide by to uphold your moral code as a social worker. Right. So for example, if you're working with a child and let's say this child tells you that they are, you know, experiencing some severe traumatic experience at home, you Mm -hmm. know, um, and you know, like, let's just say that, you know, listen, um, my mom, they're telling you that their mother is selling drugs to, to make a living and whatnot. Um, mom might even smoke a little weed sometimes, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the coping just, you know, we know people who smoke weed and, you know, right. who, who hustle to make a, a make a living in, in, in our environments. Technically, under the social work code of ethics, I'm supposed to report that information right. to CSB. Now, me, you know, being a black man and understanding that, listen, we have to do, we have come up in an environment where we do what we have to do to survive that doesn't mean that this parent is that's technically neglecting their child, mm-hmm. you know, but that is that's counterproductive to what this system tells you is a good parent. Now, you report that information to CSB, there's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be some level of response, whether that's a case open. It may not necessarily always, you know, look like a child being removed from the house, but still just the mere fact of reporting that information to CSB compromises the relationship that I have with that parent. Now, Mm -hmm. how, how am I effectively able to do my job effectively? If my relationship, if my job is really built off the relationship that I have with people, if it's compromised, because I had to share some information. Cause you had the snitch. Bingo. Bingo. I mean, cause if you go down that road, how many people, they taking away, you know, kids from and then taking it away and doing what and going where and experience experiencing what? Yep. More trauma, right? Yep. yep. So, um and so in the social work field, what I've noticed from people that I've met, you know, my mom have met and I'm just like 
you really know <laughs> what you're doing in that field? It's a lot of people got into it for some money and they didn't realize like, uh, you got to do your own internal work if you think this is going to work at all. That's it. So when you start doing social work, how soon after did you get yourself into therapy? Man, it, it didn't happen right away. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because I even, you know, listen, I was naive coming into it. You know, to be completely honest, I came into it thinking that, you know, listen, I'm just going to help people do my job and, you know, make my bread and go home. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I thought it was just going to be, you know, mm-hmm. sim- simple as that. But again, when you see people who look just like you, who have had the same sim- experiences, man, it does something to you spiritually. It does something to your spirit. It does something to your mind to mm-hmm. where I knew that, like, yo. I'm I'm doing I'm going to work and I'm working you know with kids and their families and I'm going right home I'm like damn I remember going through that <laughs> I remember experiencing that so it took it was maybe 2 years into doing the you know doing the job to where I realized I'm like you know what I'm going to go talk to somebody now granted my situation was different because I was blessed to be connected to a community mental health organization that I ultimately ended up working um, working that mm-hmm. um, in, in Akron, um, that all black agency, um, and the way that we were um, trained and educated on the world of mental health and psychology, it was from a, a African center standpoint, which mm. which ultimately uh, teaches that. When we as as African people um, live by a cer- certain African centered values, it helps us live our true selves and decreases the mental health symptoms that we have. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was exposed um, and given information a much different level than, a, you know, the majority of people would be. So because of that, because I was receiving that information, I knew that, OK, this is something that I wasn't necessarily I wasn't resistant to it. You know, I can mm. I can completely understand why somebody who is not exposed to that level of information just hears somebody say, hey, go talk to somebody. Why that can just sound uh, that doesn't read to me. That doesn't you know, that doesn't connect with, you know, my right. normal way of life. But for me, I was blessed. You know, I was privileged to, you know, to be connected to that. And not to mention, you know, I began dating my would be my wife at this time. Now, granted, my wife is dope, too, because she's a psychologist, but she was never the person that was, like, pushing therapy on me or any of that. You know, matter of fact, I told her myself, like, yo, I want to go talk to somebody. She just said, good, you know, supported me all all the way. So I was, you know, I was blessed, you you know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. to to say the least. But because of that, I went ahead and went and started doing my own work, and I, I would advise anybody Maybe not only, but start your journey of therapy, you know, mm-hmm. and hopefully that would evolve and snowball into you, you know, picking up other methods of, of healing. When you're talking about live your purpose mm-hmm. and we talk about trauma mm-hmm. and we talk about therapy, if you stack these pieces up here, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like we've read the books, Purpose Driven Life. Yeah, you've yeah, been yeah. in the churches. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Your purpose, your purpose, your purpose. Yeah, yeah. Trauma blocks your purpose, mm. and therapy will help you to shine a light on that trauma, mm. on that unconsciousness, to help you reconnect back to your purpose. And the word therapy doesn't just mean talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Therapy can be inclusive of, man, you can throw 20 different things That's in, so that, true, bro. In, that, in that pot of therapy. That's so true. You know? But for us, I think that because a lot of people thought I was against talk therapy mm, mm. because I promote a lot of alternative things. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, mm-hmm. it's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that ain't the only tool, yeah, 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 <laughs> you yeah, know, because yeah. yeah. that being as the main tool that's pushing people because you want the therapy, but you still can't sleep at night. I have an issue. Right. Because right. you, you, your therapist is only can take you so far away. Physiologically, she can't help you, your brain and your body come back down to to to, to parasympathetic. Very true. You're stuck. Mm-hmm. So you need some other some other tools, and that's what we do at Inception. Use these other tools, and now you go back to the therapist. All of a sudden, that information she's been trying to get out of you for the last two years come <laughs> come right out, spilling yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, they, it come out at Inception. Oh, they, for sure. Oh, nah, 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 like they talking, they <laughs> yeah. throwing, they vomiting. Right. 
all the emotional stuff because it was stuck under there. Yeah. And I and I found that, you know, through all that purpose driven life books and all these self help books, like man, all these answers are literally sitting on the inside of you. But if you don't take the opportunity to shine the light on your unconsciousness, then you just the blind living the blind. That's you know, that's, that's the blind. That's beautifully that said, man. One one thing that I've been getting, I've been getting a lot of like my homeboys or just like you know people that I grew up with, you know, because I'm. I'm vocal about this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. even on my podcast. It's just, you know, listen, man, in regular conversations, if I'm just kicking in with my homeboys, mm-hmm. I'm checking in with them. Like, man, how you, how you doing genuinely? How you, how mm-hmm. are you? Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of people have been asking me, like, man, how do I get connected to therapy? Or like, you know, um, how do I get connected to some, you know, some um, some psychological podcasts and stuff to listen to and whatnot? Mm-hmm. And I give people information, <clears throat> but I'm always quick to tell people, I say, listen, man, the information is good. The books are terrific. You know, all of that stuff is terrific. But you got to do your own work, bro. Yeah. You got to do this shit. This is this is work. You got to yeah. look within. You got to sit with yourself. You know, this ain't this ain't no fairy tale, bro. This is not pretty. I heard somebody say one time that, like, you know, healing is dark. Like, this shit is hard. It's hard, it's hard work, and it is. And I I tell people all the time that like, man, this is it sounds good to you know to to be getting healing, and it sounds good to be so feeling shit good. Come up, and you gotta process it. Bingo. So those emotions come up, and you gotta feel them. Then you then you realizing like, oh, you know, maybe you know maybe I don't really want to be with this person that I'm with. You know, that's another thing. You know, maybe yeah. I don't really like this career path that I'm in. Maybe maybe I haven't been the best spouse or the best parent. You know what I'm saying? And that's the type of stuff that hits you when maybe, it's like... Maybe I got to create some boundaries of some people, specifically blood relatives that's been taking advantage of you and you've been codependent to them for years. You Man, know? I'll, some... keep it, I'll, keep, I'll keep it on myself. You know, one thing that I learned recently is that I'm I'm very good at um, communication. Like I'm very good at you know communicating my thoughts and my feelings, and you know even listening for the most part. But one of the things that I really really struggle with is having environments where I feel safe to um, to share where I am emotionally. Mm. You know, that has always been a place of just in my communication that I struggled in so it showed myself in like um resisting or you know shutting down or like you know even angry or just like you know blowing people off or just you know being rude and recently you know I've had to come to the conclusion that like it's my job to set the boundaries it is on me and my responsibility to let people know of what I'm experiencing and what I need and what I want and what I deserve in the moment and from from that, what happens from that is on me. But that part is on me. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's that's the part that, you know, I'm still in the process of, of, of trying to figure out. And that's the part that's, that shit is not easy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's one of the things that I want to, you know, continue to work on. You know, I got a son, man, you know, who I'm trying to mold to have his, a, a certain amount of emotional intelligence, you know. Yeah. Um, He's only 18 months, and we're pouring in affirmations every day. You know what I'm saying? This is, it's just certain things that I want to be intentional about that I know that's going to have a trickle-down effect on people outside of myself. And I, people hear me talk about, um, you know, because we talk about breaking generational curses and mm-hmm. things of that nature now. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you, you break that through the the internal. Yep. You know? It's, yep. not, it's not running to get. The money, because it's something you said about, you know, certain people, D1 athletes and all them make it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm sitting here, I'm like, and what does that mean? (laughs) Because you made it. Because where did you make it to? Right. But you made it into a different income bracket that can change drastically. Mm -hmm. And then where are you? Did you not make it? You know? Right. So if you got there. And you not there. Oof. Did you not? Oof. You didn't make it. Right. What did you make it to? Right. You made it to a different income bracket, but right. at the same time, internally, you the same. Right. But they say you can take uh, the nigga out the ghetto. Can't take the ghetto out of him. That's a fact. But 
I do believe that's incorrect. Mm-hmm. I do believe we can retrain. I mm-hmm. do believe that we can move from post-traumatic stress to mm-hmm. post-traumatic growth. But like you said, man, that ain't pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to do some work. Yeah. And it's not through the... Um, if information was the answer... Bro, we literally, like, in the last, Google just recently stated within the last two years, more information has been created in the last two years Oof. than all of humanity Oof. combined Oof. in the last two years. I, and I want to talk to you specifically you, about this. How do you create in, new information? What, is, what does what that mean? Well, think, think about all, like, your, every podcast you put out is a, is a piece of okay. content. Got it. Got you it. You know? Mm-hmm. Because back in the day, they said you want to hire something from a black person to put, put it in the book. book. Mm-hmm. Now what? Mm-hmm. Now what? Right. It's all exposed now. Mm-hmm. So it's a choice to be ignorant in an age of information. Got it. So if you're not gravitating to a certain information now, that's just what? That's yeah. all mindset, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. only certain people going to gravitate to your podcast and my podcast. That's right. Most people are like, man, what them dudes talk about? That's man, a fact. Your purpose yeah. and wealth. What do you talk about? Empathetic. What are you talking yeah. about? Right, right, right. Right. And it's just like we're at a stage, it's getting real goofy. You mm-hmm. said it off camera, it's mm-hmm. getting real goofy mm-hmm. where the information now, man, is just um I yesterday I was sitting and I, I felt burnt out. I mm. had to I had to like stop. Mm. I'm like, bro, I I can't take in any more. Yeah. Growing up, did your mom um did she shield you against like you can only can eat so much of that sugary sh- snack or you know? Yeah. Man, it, it's it, it's um my mother my mother transitioned last year in, in 2020. And I feel I feel like since she's transitioned, I've it's gonna sound crazy, but I've learned so much more about her now because mm-hmm. I, I reflect so much back on childhood and just I have a better understanding of today, mm-hmm. you know, way more than I did a, as a child. Um, I wouldn't consider my mother to be, she wasn't very intentional, um, but my mother was very, she tried hard to get me to see the big picture. Mm-hmm. And it may, didn't always come in, it, it didn't always come in the form of where she communicated it the best, um, but she spoke in a way with so much wisdom that it was, she would say things like, listen, um, you have to be a leader because other people depend on that. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. she would get, she would really get upset with me when I was, when she would see me doing things that she would consider to be a follower or mm-hmm. when I wasn't really truly being myself. She's like, listen, you cannot just do anything because everybody else is doing that. You are, you, you're different. You, and I would get upset, but as I got older and especially now I understood mm-hmm. that she was trying to give me to understand that, like, listen, I got, intrinsic power in me that like you know if i'm slipping then the people that i care about are going to be impacted by that you know what i'm saying um so she was my my mother was very was very wise man mm-hmm. um and i also learned you know my mom she was dealt with a lot of her own stuff as well you know which mm-hmm. man that was that's been one of the key components for me you know in my own healing is like how much forgiveness that i've had to give my parents mm-hmm. you know um Coming up in the '90s and the early 2000s, you know, um, listen, man, we still was impacted by our parents. Um, you know, coming coming from the era of where you know whoopings was a thing, or like you right, know getting yeah. cussed out was a thing, and mm-hmm. you know, they were just trying to survive. You know, that was just that was just a thing. You know, dealing mm-hmm. with dealing with abuse and thing and things like that. For me, I had to really sit back and empathize with my parents because. They just was doing the best of what they had, man. Of what they knew. That's it. That, yeah. that was it. Yeah. And now um, we have a generation that's, you know, the next generation of that trying to do the best they can with what they know. But yeah. but now this 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 totally different dynamics. I'm telling you, going back to this this internet thing, this thing is huge. Yeah. I mean, you see what happened when it shut down for oh my what, goodness twelve hours or however long it was. You know, people losing their minds. Um, how 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 has that been impacting you and being in, in this space now in this new world of the internet? Man, you know, honestly, man, it um, it has its pros and cons. It has its pros because I was just talking to a good friend of mine yesterday. Matter of fact, um, 
again, man, I've been saying it a couple times throughout here is that I, I really try to pride myself on taking care of myself for the most part. I got a solid foundation. My wife don't care nothing about none of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Me and her have real conversations and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So I have a solid foundation away from the internet and just away from the masses, right? Um, and, you know, prior to even, like, starting the podcast and getting on social media, like, I was one of those dudes who was completely off the grid. Like, I didn't even really rock with the internet like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in building a brand and building a platform and, you know, building a business, it goes hand in hand. So um, from that standpoint, it's tough, man, because I have to find myself of, like, just staying tunnel vision and just running my own race because I can find myself sometimes, man, I'm not – I'm not absent from, you know, getting caught up in my own ego and, you know, I find myself comparing myself. I look at my my YouTube podcast numbers and I'm like, man, I know my content on point. I know the shit that I'm talking about is is, is powerful. You know what I'm saying? Why is mine, you know, not as high as such and such or whatever the case may be? And I had to check myself, you know, and pull myself back and like, listen, man, you know, pull yourself out of your ego. What about those 25 people who just told you over the last week how much they really enjoy what you're doing and, th- and things like that, you know. So it's a constant battle of just it's like. It's interesting how those little numbers, like 25 people who like your stuff, if if 25 people filled this room up, you'd be like, wow. That's, that's huge, right? But. The 25 numbers on YouTube, just, I'm like, man, what, man, I should you, have 5,000. You, you, yeah, you you. Look how the internet diminishes Oof. people. Oof. That's powerful. It that's, diminishes you. That's that's big. So now, that's now powerful, the, man. the one comment, and after a while, what happens is what I've noticed as I, my numbers have grown, people have become faceless. Oof. Oof. It, it, they become faceless. They just become like almost like a bot. Mm. You know on the other side there's an entity on there, but it don't feel like that because when you get hit with – a flood of numbers. I saw my page grow at 2,000. I was like you. I wasn't even on there, bro. I was just running my business. And people was like, man, you got to get on here. You got to do that. I'm like, why? <laughs> He's like, what am, I, what am I talking about? So I got on there and then, you know, some stuff went viral. And next you know, I literally saw my page go from like 1,700 followers to like 12,000 in like two days. <laughs> and I just remember sitting looking. And kept open my phone. It was just dopamine. Wow. My brain is just on dope dopamine inboxes. Oh, hey, da da da. And it's just like, oh man. Now to the point again, my inbox man, I can't, I can't answer everybody in the inbox, because now it's like people, they want to attach to you and they want to pull something from you because they feel like you got something that they don't have, and that goes back to living your your purpose. And yeah. it's like. No, man, you got to go inward. Like, you're not going to get it from me. Yeah. You ain't going to get it from the podcast. I can spark you, but you still got to go inward to do the work. But it goes back down to this thing where people are becoming faceless and, and just becoming numbers. So what do you think, man? Do you think that do you think that people can find genuine relationships from, from the Internet? Yeah. 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 You here. I do, too. Yeah. You, you yeah, here. Right, right, right. You can... The, the internet is just a resource. Yeah, right. It's just a tool. Just a tool. How Correct. you decide to use it is a whole nother ball game. Yeah. But if you empty, the resource is going to try to be the way to try to fill yourself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right? I'm yeah. empty. Yeah. And that's the resource. And ooh. Right. And 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 in that thing too, that resource, it's it's a bottomless pit. You can go on forever with trying to get more and more and more yeah. because you can always find some i found somebody who was at the uh ronaldo the soccer player got yeah. like 200 something million I think, followers I, I think he's the highest that has the yeah. highest followers and it's just yeah. like how do you even compute that right like right like literally any post he does he can easily go make probably a couple million dollars just some posts like hey i got these socks right. it's like oh, right. oh i'm gonna buy those right. socks right right but at the same time, it just shows you the um, the illness. It shows you the illness, man. When you really can wake up and see, like, why, why is, why is what he says so important to you? Mm. Why are these people so important to you? 
Because again, go back to that empty empty pit. Yeah. It's the Wizard of Oz. It's like, hey, that's the wizard, and you yep. know he can show me the way home. And, yep. and like, no, the only way you're gonna get home is through the inward, inward work. Right. So this is the game that we're playing, but it, we've been playing the same thing offline. Yeah. It's just a different form of it now. Mm-hmm. You heard the term "keeping up with the Joneses" mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That always been something, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess when you put it like that, I mean, it's it's always been there. I mean, marketing has never, marketing has always been what it is. You know, marketing has been, listen, let's do this to get these responses from people's brains right. because there's data that shows we can get them to behave this way if we do. I ABC tell you, it's do. much worse though because oh, yeah, it's, for ex- sure. it's exponentially worse. It's because, way worse because you see the whistleblower that just came out, right? Yep, yep, yep. yep and yep. it's like. Yeah, duh. Everything she was saying, I'm like, you didn't need to tell me that. That's not new. That's not new information. Right. Like, duh. Yeah. Like, yeah, the young women, uh, suicide rates for them are higher because, I mean, yeah, you go look at these pages and I look at some of these people. I'm like, how did you even get that picture taken? Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, that shit right. is perfectly right. laid right. out. Like, right. Right. It's like, right. <laughs> how did you get that yeah. picture taken? Yeah. How did you... And, and and I know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They 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 that's they dopamine hunters. That's it, man. That's it. That's it. That's it. Dopamine hunters hunting for the for the next the next fix. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's 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 sad, man. <laughs> it, it it really is. You know, it, it really is. And again, going going back to you know doing the work as a social worker in the schools, they have it. You know, the children have it even different because at least you know. People like you and myself, we remember a world pre-internet. Yeah. You know, I can still disconnect and still be cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can right. still delete the apps on my phone and, you know, mm-hmm. get away from my the social media and I can, you know, enjoy a conversation and enjoy life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Type of thing. These kids come out the womb. With the tablet. You know, so they, you know, they got it different, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what that's going to do to our brains because again we 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 can't adapt fast enough to be able to take this amount of information in that's it so i was going back to that one statement i said you know did your mom stop you from eating sugary drinks so yeah. like it's like she like whoever it was they put a police they policed your consciousness to a degree so that you would create self-destructive habits so that's what my, my mother did do that man my mother did shield me you know because um my dad struggled with substances the majority of my life, mm-hmm. um, but my dad was a real good dude. You know, my my grandfather struggled with alcohol. My uncle struggled with substances. My mother, in her in her later life, before she passed away, and as I got older, I would have conversations about why she did some of the things that she did. You know, she put me in what people would consider to be good schools. I went to private school, you know, mm-hmm. as, as a child. I went to, when my mother got remarried, we moved to the suburbs, and I went to, you know, a school that was predominantly white. But the environments were just much different than, you know, the public school system. So my mom, <laughs> she, she knew to, like put these shields around me to give me a chance, you know, because she knew that how easily the tug and pulls of life could lead me to doing something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that she knew the big picture that, like, listen, if I get put him in environments of where he's able to, like, be exposed to different things, you know, see that, you know, um, he can be around these white kids, you know, who coming from these super rich backgrounds, but they ain't no better than him. Right. You know, he is just as good, if not better, when it comes to a competition standpoint and whatnot. If I can put him in these environments, then he can thrive and he can survive and he can excel. You know, so she always seen the big picture. She just wasn't the best at communicating what she was doing. Um, mm-hmm. But I would I would ask her, I'm like, you know, why why'd you put me in those, you know, those private schools with them with them racist teachers? And she would laugh. She was like, Well, you know, I wanted you to get a good education. You know, I, I wanted you to be in an environment where you could actually learn. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't a bunch of people just fighting in the classroom or, yeah. you know, it was, you know, with some level of structure. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to give you a shot, you know, is what she said, you know. So my mom man, my mom was super like she was again, she she was very wise and just understanding the big picture of of this game, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, and I, you know, give give her a lot of a, a lot of props for that, because there's no way that I'll be sitting here having this conversation, you know, with the with this amount of consciousness today at 32 without my without my mother, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying. So, big shout out to moms. Yeah, I mean that's again same thing. My mom, 
<laughs> my mom and my dad actually I could call them first generation consciousness because mm. it was the first generation to realize that you know what what we're doing is not cool yeah now you know we talk about substance like that mm-hmm. was I just run through my whole family yeah. substance right yeah. but then when we talk about substance too just as a word and I just like to really clarify that it's not the substance mm. it's not why the substance is why the pain and, and our people were in a lot of pain. Yep. And you know what? And I'm 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 glad you corrected me on that because you know, um, my first podcast guest that I had was with my father, mm. and that was very intentional, um, because I had to forgive and understand my father as well. And man, one thing that I learned in having my father on my um, on my podcast first, you know, because we went through his whole story. Man, my, my my father experienced a hell of a lot of pain at a very young age, a lot of traumatic experiences at a super young age. I'm talking about by the time he was like 12 years old, he had seen people get killed in front of him. You know, mm-hmm. he had his house had caught on fire as a child. Mm-hmm. You know, he had lost his father at a young age. A lot of, you know, pain and a lot of trauma that he had experienced. And, you know, um, he ultimately ended up getting caught up, you know, in his environment and things like that. And mm-hmm. it led me to, you know, um, feeling neglected in, in some ways. But I always still felt in the midst of that, you know, my dad, he loved me. He was a good dude. He never, my dad never, like, got on me crazy or anything like that. So I knew there was something there. Mm-hmm. And as we've gotten older and I've been able to understand, man, that's my guy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Me and my dad talk all the time. And, like, mm-hmm. one thing that we talk about constantly now is, like, I tell him all the time, like, bro, I'm super proud of where you are today. My dad is, like, I think he, like, six, seven years sober now, like, mm-hmm. in the best health of his life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Raising his kids. Like, he's, like, we have fruitful conversations often. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I'm super blessed to like you know my dad checks you out you know what i'm saying he checks Charlemagne mm. out like he my dad is one of them dudes who i you know i get wisdom and game from so like even though he went through some stuff man those experiences helped me in, in, yeah. in their own way too so for sure and that's one thing i think people would get um as they start to do the work mm-hmm. is the empathy for our our people mm-hmm. and and when you can start to understand that you know people just acting out like the, some of the stuff they've seen yep. and experienced is nothing personal it's just man life yeah in our in our society and specifically again to our culture and I I've, I've been around other cultures but we got something different going on you know we got something different going on where um the the trauma is ongoing mm-hmm. you know and it's chronic you know, you go to Chicago, you see so many people die within a, a weekend, and you're like, "What? Yeah. Like, h- how did they? That many people did they get? Was it a mass shooting? Yeah. It was like sixty different incidents of people being and, shot and killed. And now Chicago's trauma, Chicago's murders, has become it's become a market for that on the internet for people to monetize that content. You mm. have big, you have big businesses on Reddit, like this people who have made big-time platforms off of covering this stuff. You talk about kids in the suburbs who don't know nothing about what's going on in Chicago, but they've been able to monetize huge platforms off of talking about the killings and the mm. murder that's going on. So this, you see, you see, you're seeing that today, which is mind-blowing. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and very much, that is very much, um, that is not a coincidence that, you know, that that type of stuff is going on. Like these type of, you know, this type of violence and these type of like pain is going on in these environments. You know, Chicago, people for people who know, Chicago has a rich history. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like a rich black history. Right. So to see what it has become today is not by coincidence by any means. And Detroit has always been like that yep. too. Yep. Detroit is very much synonymous in that way. Yeah. I mean, we don't have as many people getting killed, but uh, Detroit is always had its things, yep. man, and it goes right back down to the thing, the pain. It's just pain spilling out into the streets. Everybody like to make it think is about um, there's no job opportunities, and that's a symptom of something. People be hurting, man. But I like to go back to the root because you can, if you're stuck in survival mode, man, your resources, your external resources, whether your job, your money, and all that, that's your external resources you go to do. But your internal resources, when you ain't got that, man, call it a day. Call it a day. You you can't even sleep. 
<laughs> you know, you can't even, your body can't even heal itself. You can't even have a conscious conversation. So you can't go be resourceful like maybe the people in Africa. Yeah. Who, yeah. who go see, oh, them tires on the road, I'm about to take them tires and make shoes right, out of them. Right, you know? Right, right. Oh, I'm about to take this old compact computer and start mining Bitcoin. We all got access to this device that has a limited amount of information. Yeah. But if your resources, internal resources, what are you going to even look at? Right. Which shows itself in an unhealthy coping. You know, yep. we see the, the we see the drug abuse, alcohol abuse. Which shows itself in abuse. Which shows itself in unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. It shows itself in all these ways you're talking about right now. So you're right, man. The pain and the, the hurt. You know, people, we 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 going through it, man. And we and here you go. You, you, what you do and what you you've been doing. You do your own work. You you got your own podcast that's trying to connect people back through living to their purpose by telling other people's stories of yeah. purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you got these things. And yo, it should be thousands of people subscribe to your show, listening to it because. But the same thing with Inception. It should be a line wrapped around the building. The problem is the programming is so strong on what you really need mm. to feel better about yourself. Mm. You need a Birkin bag and you need, <laughs> you know, yeah. you need a BBL. Right. And, right. and they really target the women. Yeah. The women and they really target them with that because men, you know, we, what we do, we do for women in mind in general. Right. right. So if a woman, woman like it, then I like we it. We all over right? it. Yeah. But if you don't like it, then okay, right. then right. maybe not. <laughs> right. Right. Facts. But, but women is a whole different ball game of how they're conditioned and mm-hmm. how they, you know, it's like, no, you, you, they attacked all different angles. Your hair ain't long enough. Your eyelashes ain't long enough. Your butt ain't big enough. Right. Your bag ain't nice enough. You know, your lips ain't big enough. You, you know, and then let's throw a filter on top of all of that, plus your your, your beating and your makeup. And it's like, whoa, who is that person? You went into witness protection. We don't yeah. even know who you are anymore <laughs> because the society has conditioned you that you need to be somebody other than who you are. Right. You know, right, right? You need to be somebody different. You can't be you. Yeah. You not good enough. Yep. That's you know? it. That's it. That's it. And then they, then they go look at their page and they got a reminder. Nope, you not look good enough. You only got fifteen hundred followers. When so and so got twenty million, you Oof. ain't nobody. Right. 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 And, and 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 the root under all of that is the pain. Because if the pain ain't there, you don't care about none of that. Right. Man, you messed me up with that number, with the, with what, the, with the number when you said that, look how we look at the numbers. You said if it was 25 people in here, it's like, oh, it's packed. Right. But you see 25 views on, on a YouTube page or 25 You're likes. Mad. You You saw it. you like, when what? Yeah. That's, that's big. I ain't going to forget that, man. Yeah, you messed me up with that. Look at, man, look at those likes. I understand them. them. Those are real human people who liking your stuff, you know? And I... Shoot, I said that to you. <laughs> Send it to me too. Right. Like, man, you got twenty five people. Right. I mean, going to the Invest Fest, people just was coming up to me like, man, that one podcast you did with your mom, that changed my life. Wow. I mean, thug niggas yeah. too. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like, yeah. you would never yeah. expect coming yeah. to you. Like, yeah. like, bros coming up to right. me from look right. like they from New York, right. Tim's. I'm right. like, bro, right. bro. Right. And I'm like, yo. That one person. That's powerful, That's all, man. That one person. That's powerful. Because now that number doesn't seem like this digitized yep. non-human being. Yep, yep. You seen the Squid Game thing? So, so I haven't seen it yet. Okay. But over literally like the last like four days, I've heard it more the last three, four days than I ever heard it in my life. My niece was telling me about it a couple of days. She like... It desensitizes humanity. <sighs> Once you... Go watch it just did from you, an experiment. You, you, fin- you finished it? Yes. Go watch it from just from a humanity experiment, a psychological experiment. Because how you look at things and how we look at things, we look at things totally different because we're looking at it from a psychological standpoint. I ain't never seen nothing that brutal, bro. Since, really, man? Uh, you know, I was watching Walking Dead back in the day, and I remember that was some, there was some brutal parts of that. But this, bro, I, I, I went to sleep, and it was popping up in my dreams bro oh, like man. it just it's 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 some brutal it's intense stuff like that it's intense and it it it, it desensitizes humanity really because i was like man are they trying to set us up for something because this show is pretty brutal you know and that's not a coincidence, man. Listen, I'm gonna take you, I'm gonna take your advice. The last show you had me on was <laughs> had Westworld. Oh yeah. So okay. So how did that go? Did you? So you season one was fantastic. Okay. Season two. I didn't even make it through it, man. Oh, I didn't even finish it. But okay. season one was 
phenomenal. It was that's one of those ones. Yeah. We're like, oh no, no, this is this is different. Oh, we robots, bro. <laughs> Human beings, that show, that's us. Westworld was different, man. And you're trying to wake up. You're trying to wake up. To your programming. I've seen it in real time with people, man. When I'm talking to them about something, I can see the program. Mm. And they can't get out of it. Mm. I can see the loop they're stuck in, and they can't get out of it. I'm like, you're stuck in that loop. Yeah, Westworld was one of those ones. I've had some conversations with people, though. Dude, I, I will talk to you dead in your eyes and look at you and talk to you. And start pouring into you. And I can see you trying to break free. You trying to break free from it. Yeah. I I mean, I've I've seen people, they'll be at my place of business. I know what we can do can help. I see the pain in them. And I can say everything I can say to them. And they'll walk out that door and won't come back. Because <laughs> the programming, bro. Yeah. That's what that's what we up against. That's yeah. what I know that we're really up against is the programming. Yeah. And it's so strong that man, you have to come in ready. There's no amount of me saying anything, no amount of you saying anything. Now they can get hit with seven times, you know, as that's the whole thing. If you get hit with a piece of uh marketing seven times it takes that for you to, you to know, break a habit type yeah, of thing, yeah. type of thing. Mm-hmm. but at the end of the day so you came in and you did one thing and that's cool if that's what you can do that's what you do right but bro you know the programming mm-hmm. and you see how long the, the programming we talking about is generational the the children of what well, israel is walking around how many years long time like <laughs> 40 years mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's the programming. This goes back. We've been saying this stuff for ancient millennia, bro. Only work that we we doing the kingdom work. Mm. We're trying to wake people up to their Christ consciousness. Mm-hmm. 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 What's their Christ consciousness? Understanding that they can do better. They can do uh, more. Jesus said you can even at least amongst you will do greater than me. You can't do that if you're stuck in programming. You won't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus said, I can't even perform any miracles in my own time because y'all don't believe it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, y- y'all could all got healed, but sh- you don't believe it. Yeah. That's what it is, bro. That's what Westworld is. That's why I tell everybody, watch that show. Westworld was one of those ones, man. That show What'd was What did your wife different. think about it? She thought the same thing, but we didn't finish season two because season... Now it's been it's been a minute. It's been close to a year that I can remember. I'm trying to think. Season, from what I remember, season two was. I think they started off just doing so much. It was so different than season one. It was like, from from what I remember, it was so different than season one how they started that it just. You gotta get to season three, bro. Oh, it's, gotta, it's three seasons. Yeah, you gotta because because that puts it all together. It pulls it all together, even to what we got going on right now. Mm. Now I'm like, man, how y'all making these shows? I want to yeah, know maybe, who made maybe, these shows. Maybe I, mean, I like, need to, maybe I need to push through and get get you this gotta season push three, through. Man. I see. I had my dad. I was like, man, you got to go watch Westworld. He started watching it. He came back and he was like, man. I was like, we robots. <laughs> Westworld is one of those ones, man. And West- that's why I talk about Matrix so much because yep. it's the same thing. It's yep. coming out of programming. Yep. People yep. don't understand how you come out of programming. If you understand that you program and you need to come out of program, you'd be running to a therapist. Like, cause who are you? So one of the things that they teach you in like meditation is like when you meditate in, is to chant that mantra that you just said right there. Mm. Who are you? Mm. Who are you? And the key is to not answer it. <laughs> it's, mm. to, it's to either not answer it or to say, I don't know. <laughs> you know what mm. I'm saying? But you, you continue to chant that mantra but you can only really understand that you are operating in this matrix through stillness. And That's when, the only way. And when you still, yeah, you gonna feel some stuff that you ain't never felt. That's gonna, you know, it's gonna show you in those moments of stillness. It's like this is not what you think. It is not what you think it is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, bro, I woke up in the middle of the night. It was maybe like three o'clock in the morning. And I just observe the stillness of the night, like crickets and everything. I'm just like really just sitting there and listen, letting my senses like pick everything up. And even though 
there was movement, there was still just a, such a stillness to it. And it made me think about people who don't sleep well. Mm. And there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who listen, and I guarantee you, you sleep with the TV on, turn that shit off. Yeah. It's, you, you sleep, you wake up multiple times in the night, you can't wake rested. It takes you more than 10, 15 minutes to fall asleep. Like, think about your body at that point. Just think about it. Your body is revved up internally. So when it's time to actually go to sleep, your body like, nah. Yeah, you're not even resting. You can't, you can't rest. You can't even get into, you can't come down. Right. You can't relax. Right. So you're so revved up. So again, back to that, you know, this whole podcast really is about purpose. Stillness attaches you to that. Because if you're not, if you're not still, that means you got a lot of wine in these wine skins <laughs> yeah. and you need to pour that out right? because how can I take in who I truly am? How can I stream who I truly am if that cup is filled with who I'm truly not? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Go back to that programming. Yeah. Who programs you? Right. That's it. That's who told it. you that? That's it. Where you get that information from? That's it. That's it. And we and, and, and the trauma the trauma just wires your whole nervous system. Hey, everything is protection. Oh no, I got I got to protect myself, man. You know, so that's 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 the programming, man. That's it. That's it. You have to you have to re- deprogram to get to your purpose. That's it. That's it. That's a good title. Man. I like that. Deprogram <laughs> to get to your purpose. Yeah, yeah that's it. You got to deprogram. Yeah. You know. Um, and and so many people, like you say, like, no, internet, I, I use that. I can I can sense the people who understand this. Yeah. And I can sense the people who just seem like they understand yeah, it. They ain't really yeah. got it yet. Yeah. But they trying. Yeah. You know. So from some of your episodes, like, how has that, like, impacted you and in, in, in awakening for you? You talking about just as far as just like the response from people, or you just talking about just, the episodes in general? Because you gotta you listen to people and you hear yeah. these stories, man. So I don't know if you remember, but um, I was I was initially um, when I would have my guests when I was initially having my guests lobby for Arian Foster to come on the show. Oh yeah, uh-huh. Arian he did, came on. He did right? come on. Man, we had a, a wonderful conversation, and um, and I would ask people, you know, what's one of the things that they learned you know, about themselves in 2020, you know, just through the pandemic and just, you know, everything mm-hmm. they kind of experienced in, in 2020. And one of the things that he touched on was I thought was a, a very interesting topic was he was like, man, he said, I dealt with so much guilt in 2020 because he said, here I am. I made more money than I've ever made playing professional sports, you know, just from like having like secure financial investments and things like that. I had some good people around me who, you know, who helped me. Um, and people were starving, you know what I'm saying? People was hurting and I could feel how genuine he was. And he, and, you know, to hear going back to what you was talking about, you know, when we talk about people who make it, you know, to this idea of success, mm-hmm. you know, this, this pinnacle of what making it looks like, you know, the adoration, the admiration, the money, mm-hmm. you know, um, the fame. To hear him talk about, man, that don't mean shit. You know what I'm saying? I still had to sit with me. I still had to, you know, um, go through my own struggles. Like, I still experienced, like, real stuff. That affirmed to me to let me know that, like, what I'm doing, you know, by having these conversations about purpose and, like, having people really, you know, look within themselves, whether they know it or not. Mm-hmm. It means something, and it just let me know in that moment that like, just keep going, you know, keep 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 it keep it moving, you know. Um, one of my biggest like you know influences and inspira- inspirations was Nipsey Hussle, and what he would always talk about is he would always say that listen, the one of the reasons that I named my thing the marathon is just is because he was like, a lot of times people quit, you know, when they start something. He said, but if you take a if you take a stop and you look look back you ner- you notice that you are way further along in your journey than where you started from mm-hmm. so 
one of the things that I've learned from doing the podcast and just having these guests on there is that, man, for the most part, a lot of us are just searching for the same thing. We all need the same thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are struggling with some of the same things, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does take a lot of work to get there. So if I could say anything to anybody out there, man, keep it moving. Keep keep going. Like, don't stop. But do do this work. And what you think matters, don't always don't always matter like that. All right, bro. We're going to leave on that note. No doubt. Till next time, guys. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yep. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to the Inner Wealth Podcast on EYL. Theme song produced by Be Ready for West Coast Creations. I am Raz Cast, reminding you to take action, be proactive, be congruent, get out of the matrix, get your mind right. We've automated mental health at inception. Join the movement. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.